I'm Alexandra Kreis and you're listening to Outer Travel in a Journey. In my own search for self-understanding, I have met people from all walks of life. I bring to you a taste of these encounters. Welcome to Outer Travel Inner Journey with Alexandra. Today, my guest on the show is Gary O'Toole. Welcome, Gary. How are you? <laughs> good, Alex. Good to, good to be here. Yes, thank you for coming on to the show. Gary, you are an astrologer currently based in Galway, Ireland. And we decided to come together for a little conversation on traveling traveling with the stars and traveling particular in the moment of what is so <laughs> this is going to be a hot topic and i'm so looking forward that with the two of us are daring to have this conversation so can you just give a little bit of an on take first before we get started what kind what kind if there is any kind of astrology you are doing or what you're offering because we know this from western and eastern world can be different kind of tools right yeah so there's different kinds of astrology i know i'm i'm in, in a bit of a, an unfortunate situation in a way because i live in ireland in the west mm. and i practice an eastern art <laughs> so or i have to refer to it as you know indian astrology or a lot of people say yes. vedic but it's yes. really Indian astrology. Um, and there's right. definitely overlaps between the two systems, East and West. And uh, like you could say even that Persian astrology is right in the middle, you know, in the Middle East. Wow. You know, really. So um, I always just call myself an astrologer because there's already a, hur a hurdle to overcome in Ireland. Uh, what do you do? Oh, I'm an astrologer. And then I get like a funny look. <laughs> so if I was to go on, yeah, I do get looks like, you know, what, you know, why would you want to do that sort of thing? <laughs> so oh, do people still believe this is the kind of astrology where you kind of open the newspaper and then you read about Leo and Taurus, but it's not yeah. right. A lot of people <laughs> still believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And we haven't connected to the stars as much as we could. Right. 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 What, what do you answer then when they come up with this? Like, really, um, are you trying to, to explain it a bit more or what? Yeah, I do? always do because I'm obsessed about astrology. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm always going to be talking about astrology. So if someone wants to be in my company for any level of time, they're going to hear astrology. <laughs> and I love so, you talking about astrology because I use you quite when I need you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, so I have no problem talking about astrology. That's certainly not the case. Yeah. yeah. How, what, what, what kind of hit home for you with astrology? How did you end up in such a you know, where people still think weird plays. <laughs> yeah, weird place. But when you think about it, yoga was a weird place 20 years ago. You know, Indeed. and that's, yeah. And 25 years ago, I think it was now, I, I just went for a reading. I went for a reading right. with my teacher, who, or the woman who became my teacher, Pearl Finn, who lives yeah. here in Galway as well. Um, yeah. And she just did my reading and she had just gotten into Indian astrology. She had found a teacher she started following and, she was just going through that transition from west to east. Um, and so I came along at that stage and I was just bowled over yeah. by it. Yeah. Yeah. What hit home most with you? What was it? Well, it just, you know how 
you are who you are and you could have a different, you know, a million different labels, you know, and each one could bring out a different aspect of you. If somebody said yeah. something about you and someone else said something else, there's so many different things you could be, but Indian astrology more so brought out these, what I call timeline. That's why I call my astrology timeline astrology. Mm. And they literally showed me a map of my life up until that point. And I was like, literally telling my life story in on this page and through this woman this teacher who i just met and yeah it was just amazing that that my life could be explained in terms of the planets how they move i just mm. matching them up was amazing oh this brings me to something very funny and i'm hoping not to steer you too much with this but i have um i had the same experience with the western astrologer you know like he would almost like lay out all the explanation what was going on in my life you know up to the point i met him and i was like wow this was written in the stars and so i am totally hooked and convinced and then i talked to a yoga student of mine and she was totally against it because it turned out she was given the wrong birth certification i mean something completely wrong and she had believed into astrology up to that point. And then she said, no, this is all a hoax. I don't know what to trust anymore. So what would, would have been mm. your answer to her? I was totally flabbergasted. I mean, I'm following still my gut with that's following a, you and everybody else. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. Because actually, my experience was the other way, in a way. When I first had my reading, my mother had given me, I think, nine o'clock in the morning or something as a time. Yeah. And I had my Indian chart drawn up. Yeah. Um, and so I had a certain chart with that. Sorry, no, got that wrong. So I had 9 a.m. with the Western chart drawn up yeah. and I had Scorpio rising. Okay, so that kind of resonated with me and I understood that. But then a few weeks later, that same teacher I mentioned was transitioning during that time to Indian. And in the meantime, my mother got my correct time. And so I went back with my correct time, which is a few hours later. And I went to this lady, again, this uh, Indian astrologer now. And same rising sign because it was a different time so even though yes. she shifted systems it was yes. the same time so it's like i was kept in line with the same rising sign regardless oh, wow. of either so it's kind of yeah. like that was funny start for that woman you're mentioning though the thing is is that whether you're looking at yourself from an indian astrology point of view or western astrology or there's another system of astrology that actually takes into account the constellational signs which are different sizes Mm. Most astrology systems will obviously take in 12 signs divided by 12 equally. But there's yeah. a third one that takes in different lengths of constellations, right? Yeah. Um, they call it more like a true sidereal, if you want to put it that way. So there's a third one you could throw mm. in there. Mm -hmm. um, and there's so many different calculations you could use. And so it's yeah. like looking at something from so many different angles. The same person from very many different angles, all the way around right. if you want. Yes. So I've heard of a tantric technique. Yeah. You can basically pick a sign. Any sign. Pick a sign, any sign. Uh, Taurus. If you want to, if, yeah. If you want to live like a Taurus, if you mm. want to, if you like the attributes of Taurus, yes. start living like that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, for me, astrology oh. isn't so much about, let's get you pinned down and label you and call you this now, and this is you, and that's it. It's for yeah. me more about these timelines, this how time, because astrology in ancient India was, of course, not used for horoscope astrology. That's not how people used it. Oh, I want to know myself. It was for timing things, timing rituals. That's what ah. was used in the Vedas. It was only yes. used for timing rituals. Yes. 
So it's My. more for me about timing, not necessarily labels, you know. So whether you use Western or Indian or whatever you use, hmm. go ahead, whatever works. So which brings us timely to what's happening in time right now. And I've noticed the moment we had the pandemic rolling in, you know, the moment the coronavirus was kind of uh, brought into the highlight of our conversations, that you wrote such a brilliant piece on it where, where I totally accepted what's happening with us. So what mm. is happening timely for us right now? What do you want to uh, say to that? Well, of course, every astrologer on the planet would have referred to 2020. And we're, this is a catch-22 for astrologers because I yeah. remember last year giving a talk, a public talk, and there were quite a few people there. And I think I just said something like, well, 2020, I think we're, we're seeing a recession. You know, and in mm -hmm. my mind, that's me holding back, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm looking at all these planets coming together that historically have created, you know, epidemics and huge upheavals on the planet throughout history, right? And not yeah. only that, but it's like several of them all at once in one year. And I'm yes. thinking to myself, okay, but I need to kind of play this down because I don't want to like put fear in people's minds. Yes. Yeah. The catch 22 of being an astrologer is if you say so, can you imagine in a room, Full of people last year saying there's going to be a recession next year. I didn't get some good looks. Slaughterhouse. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. didn't get out of the exit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. No. <laughs> so, could, but can you imagine? I'm holding back. Yes. So then, when you don't say it, when you see something, yes. then you're told, well, actually, you didn't predict it. You didn't predict it. Ah. So yes. it's a bit of a catch twenty-two because we're always trying to like skirt this fine line between not scaring people, but yeah. preparing them at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, so that's where we're. I think we're at a really uh, pivotal. I keep saying the word pivotal in my forecasts. It is a pivotal year, but it's like mm -hmm. when you turn a corner, you're ju we're just turning a corner. It's going to be some years before we can see that corner in the distance and see where we've come around. What is around the corner? You know, I definitely feel that way. And um, I heard some of the spiritual bigger teachers that are out there, the modern ones, you know, talking about that we that's the world that's the way the world functions we haven't really copped onto it because most of us have lived in the privilege of the expansion of the universe as such you know that everything was going well and even more well and there was a, maybe a few things like the recession in 2009 or that kind of hit us but then we were expanding again and mm. so I heard this before, you know, like Eckhart Tolle would say, we are, you know, we do have to have the dark ages in order for us to return back to the light. So would mm. you say that's a little bit what you saw in the stars when you looked at 2020? That's a really good way of putting it, actually, because the way we would describe that astrologically is the conjunction of Jupiter, which is the expansion, and mm. Saturn, which is the contraction, and they're mm. coming together in December on the solstice, December 21st this year, uh -huh. 2020. That was the kind yes. of, this has always been the kind of, this is the marker for the year along with everything else. And mm -hmm. Jupiter is, is sort of more in line with the philosophy of the new age, which is more expansiveness and abundance. And Saturn mm -hmm. is more in line with the stoic philosophy of, you know, yes. you know what I'm saying? So it's like <laughs> simplify, reduce, you know, get rid of things that un are unnecessary and let's just be grateful for the things that we have while we have them and maybe even meditate on their loss. Yes. You know, yeah. let's, let's really appreciate the things that we have as we have them. So I can imagine that some people are listening now and they, they, they're going to hold on or they maybe get more fearful. What, 
would you put forward as an advice actually to them, you know, as we're talking about laws and some people might not be so familiar with the power of the planets or how we kind of interpretate them. So mm. what is it that you would say right now? Yeah. So of course, I'm always conscious of putting fear in people's minds because there's enough mm. fear already. I mean, this year is very yes. fearful. Like if we take yeah. the fact that Pluto, who's Lord Yama, if you want to call it Pluto mm. in, in an Indian tradition, uh, mm. a deity, it's like the Lord of Death. Yes. And so it came together with Saturn in January and this started the whole thing off. Uh -huh. So Saturn is a boundary and it's like even the boundary between this life and next, but it's a boundary like as in time as well. Time is a boundary. Like we all feel boundary at the moment in terms of restrictives, in terms of what we can do and how long is this going to take and when is it going to be over? So that is still going on this year, but if yeah. next year it, they start breaking up and they start moving apart. Uh -huh. So this kind of conjunction needs a bit more that kind of stoic view of life. Mm. We need to really simplify our life as things are breaking down, systems are crashing down around us. Yes. And we need to kind of just step back from it for, for a while. You know what I mean? Step back. Yeah. It brings me really, I mean, you said you didn't understand quite what this title of the show is about. And I keep trying to keep explaining it while I'm podcasting and when you say that, I think what I've noticed is that a lot of my incentives were on outer travel for when I was younger, you know, I mean, it's a growing age, the 20s can be, you know, exactly that. And I yeah. was luckily in a position, you know, on an astrology side to expand and go outer traveling and searching until yeah. I found the inner travel. And this is to me, the, the, the place where we look inside, and this is what I'm hearing you say about 2020, 2020 has been a very good place to really look inside and see where we are measuring ourselves against the, um, the materialism almost, right? Is mm. that a little bit what's happening? Yeah, that's really on point. You know, you don't need astrology, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> you really don't. But that's really what's happening, exactly. Because this conjunction is happening in Capricorn. And yes. where Jupiter, which is the more expansive and usually more hopeful and philosophical, is kind of stuck down in the mud, in a way, in Capricorn. And yeah. there's an image that's very um, apt for this, where the elephant, Gajendra, is walking yeah. through the muddy waters and the crocodile bites his leg. And there's this really fascinating image. Um, and as the crocodile is biting his leg, he's offering yeah. up a flower to Vishnu, to God. Wow. Wow. Even by being stuck and being caught by a crocodile, he's still offering up. So it's kind of like the lesson is, yes, yeah, step back, accept that we're at a low point in terms of where we are right now. And yes. still, whatever you have, offer it up. Yes. Simplify you, your life, of course. Yeah. But How do you simplify your life, Gary, momentarily? What, what is it you're doing while you're expanding? To me, you're expanding. <laughs> well, I'm expanding always because of the planet. So for me, whatever happens, I'm always looking for, everything is fascinating to me as an astrologer, obviously. I'm always yeah. looking at, you know, everything yeah. from that point of view. But actually, since 2020, it's really helped me to really clear out all the things that I thought I needed to do in life and all the lists I have, um, even in terms of my own personal life and the things mm. I do every day. I've yeah. really simplified things and I've done... For me, the biggest lesson of Saturn this year and in Capricorn is about sustainability. So what can you keep doing every day? 
and actually I've been able to keep doing things every day, very small things, but doing them every day. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. I, th I think that's, that's what it is, you know, to work on the, the habitual side of things, you know, what is a good habit? What helps you hmm. uh, sustain yourself? Is that what you're saying? You know, what is right, it I right. can keep is, is this a, hmm. a good practice? Is that not a good practice? What kind of results do I get? Exactly. That's what Saturn is. That's literally what Saturn is. It's what are you doing every day? Because Saturn isn't good or bad. It's just showing you the results of what you're doing every day. So it wow. gives you those results. I remember like when I was um, predicted that I'm in the middle of Saturn, um, Sati Sati, you know, so the seven years of Saturn, Saturn ruling your chart, it was a joyful moment for me. <laughs> if See, one that... could say that a lot of catastrophes happened around me, but it was almost like I'm so eager to go through them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's Sadi Sati, which is basically it means seven and a half, literally. And it's just when the ah. Saturn transits your moon. So the sign before, sign of, and the sign after your moon. So it takes those three signs take seven and a half years. And in India, they really uh, talk about that a lot, you know, and they yeah. put a lot of fear in people's minds about it. But like you, my, it depends on what Saturn rules in your chart, depends where it's going to hit your moon. Uh, it depends what that's triggering in, in your life. It can be very many good things. And overall, Saturn is showing us just like 2020 that actually ultimately it's all good. Things have to happen a certain way. And sometimes we don't like the way they happen, but it has to happen mm. that way. Mm. Tell me what was the fondest memory of you learning astrology? The moment you decided to, to move into astrology, is there a memory you want to share with the listeners? My fondest memory of learning astrology was studying with Pearl who yeah. had a shop in Galway called Pearls of Wisdom. Okay. Nice one. <laughs> like a new age shop. Yeah. It was really nice. Yeah. And then upstairs above the shop on a very busy shop street, like restaurant street, lots of bars and restaurants. We would be there in at night from six o'clock in the evening, sometimes till 11 o'clock, even midnight, learning astrology in this wow. room. And wow. that is for me where it all began. And it's kind of like, that was our, it's almost like she was giving us what other people were trying to get through alcohol or food yes. downstairs on the busy street. Yeah. And we were getting that and it was very rich. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So what is it people get through alcohol, you think? And what did you get from, from that uh, learning? I think it was this sense of, you know, release. Uh -huh. Because for me, astrology more than anything hasn't been about labeling me and constricting me and confining me into it, like yeah. who I think I am and all of that. It's actually being uh, free. It frees me to be who I am you know, in the moment. Do you know what I mean? So Absolutely. it's like a contradiction in a way because you think you're going to be constricted by a label, but actually it's very freeing to be kind of freed up. I think I should be this or that or do this or that. And all of a sudden I realized that this is perfectly who I am. So I always find it very freeing. Isn't it... Um... I, I remember you, let, let me go one step back before I ask a question, but the, mm. when you done my readings, that I remember quite fondly our last conversation where you then actually added, but you got to figure out whether this works for you or not. So I'm, my question is to you, I might as well, you know, those for those people who think this hocus pocus or whatever, you know, wouldn't that mean like, well, you're saying something, but you're not saying it really. So how can you be really you if you start to interpret everything 
even though it's given you a direction, but then you start to listen into yourself and thinking like, yeah, but that didn't really uh, set with me. And Gary said, anyway, I shouldn't listen to it if it's not sitting with me. How do you deal with that self-interpretation combined with the whatever, you know, like the signature of the planets? It's a tricky one, really, because astrology in a way is and always has been for me a double-edged sword. So it's like it's solving a problem. And at the same time, it's like, you know, if you, you address something, then you can no longer pretend that it's not happening or it's not there mm. or this isn't me yeah. or whatever it is. So it's like a yeah. double-edged sword always. And so I think more important is to be open because every astrologer on the planet is going to give you a different story based on what they're looking at. So if we're all just telling stories, mm. right? And everybody has a story. If you see your story written down, you know, you can take whatever from that. Somebody else might take something different from the same thing that you write down. That's why I know, I know this is very much pop astrology in a way, but there's been experiments done by psychologists over the years to try and, you know, rebuke astrology and say it's all a load of rubbish Yeah. Uh, by doing these very simplistic um, personality kind of traits. Test. Files. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, tests. Mm. And they, they did this famous one, I think it was in the 60s, where they basically took the horoscopes from all the publications at that time, blended them into one paragraph for each of the signs and gave the same or something like that. And then gave the same paragraph to everybody in the room. I think 50 people mm -hmm. and everybody said, that's me, that's me, <laughs> you know? So that's, that was their way of proving that astrology doesn't work. But again, for me, astrology isn't about that. It's about, we're all human. We all have, you know, yeah. traits that we could all, uh, see as we have them in common right but for me it's more about what do i want to extract out of this moment what personality trait do i really want to emphasize right now what is being emphasized right now more importantly in astrology is in these timelines that's the most it's not so it's not a, so much about who you are it's about who you're becoming yeah do you know what i'm saying yes so it's not like, I mean, I'm trying almost like to debunk a myth here, you know? So mm. when, when um, you would say like, you would never say something along the lines, you're going to meet your partner this year, or would you? Is I would never make definitive statements in a way, uh, even though I am predicting all the time. I'm always predicting. Yes. So it's like weather prediction. Yes. Like nobody can predict the weather, 100% right nobody <laughs> nobody can know right. an astrologer i have had astrology readings with the yes. best okay yes and none of them have come out accurate 100 percent. even yeah. if on paper it seemed to be accurate when i experienced it it was my experience not theirs that's the big difference wow yes i think i'm slowly starting to understand what you say i'm slowly getting it mm. i'm I, I mean, the most of the times I'm easily convinced once things really hit home, you know, once they become real for me, because the only measure of real is through my own eyes, I often think. Mm -hmm. And so I remember you saying like in 2013, there was something with my teacher and there definitely was something with my teacher, something really mm -hmm. big. And that always ran through the back of my head. And still, I wonder why my if we want to call them trade Eastern Western astrologer, why my Western astrologer was also so correct about like a certain country that was good for me and a certain opening of one of my studios was good for me. How come that if you 
dissect, you know, if, if you're reading the degrees of the planets differently, that's how I understand it. Mm -hmm. um, how come you can still predict so on point or you can still hit home with that? So the best way I can think of describing that is, and I could, if I could show you examples, of course, that would be the best way, obviously, yeah, two charts. Yeah. And we look yes. at the Western and Eastern chart for the same person okay. and how reading both completely different systems, we're describing ultimately the same thing. And the best way to think about it is German and mm -hmm. French describing yes. two people describing the same thing in two different yes. languages, but they're uh -huh. describing the same thing. Uh -huh. Okay. It's okay. a bit like that. It's a bit like that. It's a bit like that because they're actually very different as well, even though it's the difference between the two zodiacs, which is one major difference. But really, the way we use Indian astrology and the way we read charts is very different to uh, Western astrology chart reading. They're yeah. very different. So it's yeah. like two different languages, mm. basically. But it's still using the alphabet. We're still using the same alphabet, like whether yeah. it's German or French. Yeah. So how do you know you're meeting the best of the best? How do I know I'm meeting the best of the best? The best, I suppose, of the best for me at that moment, even if it was not at that time seeming like the best, because I've had some atrocious readings over the years as well. <laughs> I've had some readings where, my God, did you actually just say that to me? And like, yeah. that, that, wasn't even, that wasn't even appropriate. Like, you, you yeah. shouldn't have said that to me. But looking back at it now, it's like, okay, I can see the rhyme and reason for that now. Mm -hmm. so sometimes mm -hmm. the best of the best seems like the worst of the worst at the okay. time, right? Yes. Do you want and, to give an and, example? Can you share a small well, story that's not too private? <laughs> well, no, an Indian astrologer predicted my death. Oh, no way. <laughs> for example, yes. Um, yeah, and that date has passed since. Yes. Um, but the reason why I'm saying that I think that it helped me an awful lot in life is yeah. because if you always think that you are, that's a possibility, even though, you know, I, I wasn't sure of it, obviously. But mm. it's still, it was in my mind. He put that in my mind. It was out there at that, this year, especially coming up to that year, that this was going to happen. So it completely changed the way I live my life mm -hmm. in the last 20 years. Wow. Whenever. How did because, you, how did it change it? Because I, obviously, if you think you're going to die at a certain time or you think something's going to happen, you will definitely change the way you live now. Mm. It's just like you only think you have certain time left. So yes. that way it helped me for mm -hmm. sure. But in another way, it was like, that was highly unethical. <laughs> right so you don't tell yes. somebody so yeah, yeah. that's a good yeah. that's that's a big example and would you say that he maybe did it on point so that you get pushed into a different direction was well, it a actually, solution no actually no because let me uh, verify it more he did the reading because this is another thing lost in translation he was an mm -hmm. indian astrologer he didn't okay. actually mean my death because i went back to him years later years later after me thinking all of this yes. time, yes. And perhaps I wanted to think that. I don't know. Yeah. But I yeah. went back to him years later and he said, that's not what he meant. That's not <laughs> what he meant at all. So he didn't actually say the word, you're going to die. You know? yeah. But yeah, it was yeah. kind of like, so ah, yes. anyway, he yes. clarified it for me. And then at that stage, 20 years later, I had known enough astrology then for him to tell me what he was looking at. And then I looked at that myself in my chart and I was like, okay, I understand what you can see there, but that's not how I would have read that amazing big amazing lesson. big lesson, big lesson. yes yeah. so i think you i 
I always believe that too. You you cannot just go to somebody in China. They have a little bit of you know English, and then get your chart read, or you have a little bit of you know, or you go to England and you have a little bit of English, and then you don't understand what the person is really saying to you. That was also mm. my impression of some of the Vedic right. astrologers I met in India. Mm. Um, that somebody who can, who has a gift also with words, and I I surely think you do have a little bit. You know that combination. A bit of the Irish, a bit of the Irish gift of the gab, is it? <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> and and then uh, you're very cautious. And Dr. Robert Swoboda, who who did my reading as well, and you know, like he would be very cautious in what words he used because he knows the power of word. And I know you're not only coming from astrology, but you're also coming from yoga and uh, all these mm. studies that are related. You know, Ayurveda and so on and so forth. So. Mm. Um, you probably have seen the power of the word through even even through that example you just told me, right? Oh yeah, but that's like the, probably the biggest lesson that I had about you know how you should say something. So th there's an actual thing in astrology where we look at the planet in the chart for any person that has reached the highest degree. So it's become like the king of the chart is called. Yeah. And in my case, it's Mercury. Yeah. And you might be familiar with Mercury or Hermes or whatever you want to call it. And he's the winged messenger. And it's all about communication. So for me, on a soul level, it becomes a really important life lesson to speak when I need to speak and to keep quiet when I need to keep quiet and to really be careful with my words. Because if I say something to somebody in a reading that yeah. I really should, I know I shouldn't, I won't sleep that night. Mm. It just won't sit well with me on a soul, yeah. on a deep level. Wow. So I've learned that lesson the hard way. And that was even just in the beginning when I first started reading charts. And I might have said to somebody some negative traits of a rising sign or just one sign of the zodiac, nothing major. You know, just because oftentimes you see in astrology when you're first learning positive traits, negative traits, you know, and you kind of start doing it like that. And mm. eventually you start bringing everything together and start being able to walk that middle path, you know. Is there any, are there any practices you do in order for you to have these insights? Are these recommended to astrologers? Um, yeah, that's a question. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yoga and you have been a yoga teacher to me, so yeah. <laughs> I have you to thank as well. Um, yoga has been really helpful for me, but every morning, my, I suppose my daily practice would be uh, mantra. You know, oh. I chant a specific mantra that is related to my chart specifically right now, what I need right now. It's like almost medicine, you know? Yes. So I chant that every morning. I do three rounds of the mala and mm. then I'm ready to tune in. But when I'm reading charts as well, I chant to Ganesh. Ganesh had his birthday the other day, <laughs> Ganesh yes. Chaturthi, which is basically yeah. Ganesh's birthday. Uh, and they celebrate that in a big way in India. And yes. I have a statue here and I just chant to Ganesh before I read a chart. And it just removes anything that I need removing at the time and just to be quiet mm. and, and, and open myself for the chart. Wow. Yeah, I, I chanted for, I think I did a homa for a year on Hanuman, you know, and it brought, mm. it, it took a while, but it brought the most beautiful things into my life. I, I truly believe that. You might or might not mm. believe that. but No, absolutely. Yeah, mm. absolutely. I've seen mm. that work. And also for me, the Mrityunjaya mantra has been a very powerful mantra when I've needed it. It's been yeah. a great medicine. I just yeah. felt, uh, of course, there are other mantras, you know, the Maha mantras are great mantras that, you know, anyone can use, but I have a very specific mantra that an astrologer gave me for my chart right now. So I almost feel like if I'm going to chant, why not chant 
something that I need right now. Right. right? It's still going to get me into that quiet space, but I'm also using it as a medicine. And have you learned to give other people mantras while we're at it? So if people contact you, it's would a, you? I don't uh, prescribe mantras, no. Uh, because it is a very intricate and in-depth study, first of all. It's like another separate study. So, but I do, and I can recommend the Maha Mantras, like Mitrinjaya, anybody can chant that. It's safe for anyone mm. to use. And that's usually the one that most people need if they're coming to an astrologer and they mm. need help. They have some mm. fear or they're dealing with something, some something. And it's usually a Saturn type of thing. And Mitrinjaya is one of the best remedies for that. Wow. But Ganesh mantras, you know, Ganesh mantras are really useful for a lot of people as well. Yeah, removal of obstacles for those yeah. who are not familiar with Ganesh. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Metro mantra, do we know the words? Uh, if there's somebody around who hasn't heard of that mantra, just to clarify. So it's for Shiva. So mm -hmm. it goes the three eyed Lord, three Ambakam. So Om, three Ambakam, Yajamahe, Sukhandim, Pushti, Vardhanam, Urdhvarukamiva, Vandanan, Mityor, Mukshi, Amamratat. It's a bit of a long one, but it's quite easily learned these days because there's so many versions online. So many versions. So many so, big mantra singers uh, are giving it their own form, right? Hmm. Yeah, singing, I suppose, this is another t topic, of course. How yeah. do you pronounce mantras and the meter yeah. and the rhythm and the pace? All of these have to be learned. And I have studied some Sanskrit, you know, yeah. but only enough for me to chant for myself, for my own personal practice. So yes. that's why I don't get into prescribing specific mantras yeah. other than the great ones. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's an art form in and of itself, really. I, this is something in the future, I think, for me, more and more Sanskrit studies, for sure. Brilliant. Yeah, I just, for those listeners who have been listening episode by episode, Natasha, Natasha Nandini, she has a mm. really good... You know, she, she learned all the mantras, not all the mantras, but she learned the mantras and she does the rhythm and she has the gift of the language because she knows mm. how to pronounce them, which I often, you know, that's where I fail. But I notice as soon as I study with her or somebody who can pronounce it properly, there's something different happening in the body. But mm. while you might not have the chance, it's still okay, I think, to have the intention of doing these duties so don't get <laughs> don't yeah. get concerned yeah, yeah. if if you don't if you haven't learned it with the right pronunciation and rhythm that's what i just wanted to put out there yeah yes. no absolutely i think intention is whether you're pronouncing it right or not the intention is probably more and powerful than anything isn't it because yeah. you could be saying your prayers unintentionally or doing something eating something unintentionally it's not as effective yes well Thank you so much, Gary. I think I, that was a wonderful conversation. And <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I've enjoyed we it. We haven't come to talk really in depth and in detail about Corona, but if I know that you're writing a lot about it and there's a blog on your website, is that right? Or can right. people yeah. kind of follow this, what you've already put out there, what's going on? Yeah. And they can support you and you will give them the idea of what's going on. So can you say a little bit towards that program you're offering? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing this like a lot of people these days, like artists and singers and podcasters as well are doing this a lot where yeah. people subscribe and support them just for a small monthly fee. So for me, this is a better way for me to work because I feel like uh, I'm giving and then getting something back. Um, yeah. So I write every morning after my meditation and I write about where, what the planets are doing. And then I write articles and magazines and all of that. I do my own podcast and invite other mm. people on. And so there's a lot to tune in with if you want to get into astrology, a lot. Yeah, 
And if you want to just get an insight uh, into Gary's, you know, like daily intuition, you can become a Patreon as much as you can be a Patreon for me and help me to develop the show to bring wonderful people like Gary O'Toole onto the show. <laughs> so thank you. thank you for the busy days. And I would also like to add, add on, you know, watch out. He is bringing out a wonderful app. I've seen already some of the features on your Instagram. So if you want to get a taste of what he's putting out there and how he's writing, you can also look there. So this. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's a great app. It's a great thing to follow the astrology day by day. Yes. And it's so helpful to just align a little bit out of the self-consciousness into the bigger consciousness by just mm. noticing you're not alone. This is just also an energetic movement in the skies. Yeah. 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 It's a good thing to have in your life. Thank Absolutely. you, Gary. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. And thank you, listener. And I see you for my next episode. If you enjoy listening to my podcast, please consider to become a patron at patreon.com slash Alexandra Kreis and pledge your donation.